All right, JD, today we're talking through Mark chapter seven and, and we get uh, right out the gate, Jesus is, is uh, kind of talking to the Pharisees, right? The religious leaders of the law, these kind of legalistic people. And it, we start off with this ritual of hand washing that the disciples don't wash their hands like they're supposed to, right? As we read this. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure what they're talking about here, but yeah, it's it's an interesting that they got so upset. Yep. Over it, so and then and Jesus calls them hypocrites, right? He he says, which again, this is pretty radical because in their mind they were right and Jesus was wrong, and Jesus just came out and said, "No, you're wrong. You you miss the whole point. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me." And he says in verse eight, "You ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition." And I think what he's saying here is the the law of god the basic law of god is love god love people right that's the basic that's the absolutely that's what it's all about that's what the 10 commandments about but they had gotten into all these little side traditions and forgot the whole purpose and and to me the one of the things i took away from this is that washing hands is a good thing mm-hmm. and yet they built it up too big yeah, and it, yeah, it's almost that they're washing. They thought that they were being righteous in God's eyes by washing their hands. So it's uh, you're right. Washing hands isn't bad. It's we should we shouldn't take from this. Don't wash your hands. Exactly. Before. Exactly. Right. We should take from so this. Kids are listening out there. Don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we should take from this. Don't don't try to don't try to have a tradition make you righteous. Right, a religious a man, tradition, a man-made yeah. tradition, does not make you righteous. And really, that's what he's getting at in verse fifteen when he starts talking about food that goes into your body. He said, "You guys, listen. Try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart." Which was a radical thought that the Jewish people thought. Okay, if I if I eat stuff that's not kosher, sure, it was all about the laws and outwardly. Yep. Then I'm. Then now I've defiled myself, myself, and I'm not pure in God's eyes. And then they have to go do things to clean themselves back up, and then wait a certain amount of time before they could come back. Right? Yeah, yeah. All, all this law code stuff. Right. And Jesus is flipping it all on its head. And he says, "No, look." He says, "What defiles you comes from your heart." So, so religion. This is good for all of us today, even if we're not Jewish. Religion is a lot of religion is. I'm going to try to be pure from the outside in. And Jesus is saying, no, pure, true purity comes from the inside out. And then that, again, as we, the more we read the New Testament, the more we understand that what he's talking about is he's going to go to the cross, he's going to die on the cross and raise from the dead, and then we're purified by tr- placing our trust in Jesus. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit indwells us, and, and he begins to help us to honor God in our daily lives. And so, we, you know, the, even the disciples didn't fully get this yet at this point, I don't think. And then he, he flipped the whole food thing one more time, didn't he, by saying uh, at the end of uh, verse 19, mm-hmm. every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. That was a, also a big change in mentality, yeah. I guess. Yeah, which wasn't going to really hit the Jewish church till later on, till Acts, right? They didn't fully get that, I don't think, till Peter had his vision about the, you know, the uh, Acts chapter 10, I think it is, where the 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 blanket the sheet comes from heaven filled with all these you know foods that Jews aren't supposed to eat and the voice from heaven says go ahead and eat which just seemed blasphemous to them but that's that's how far I think the Jewish tradition had come from the heart of the law right they were all about tradition and ritual and Jesus is saying no 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 
it's it's not about all that stuff, you know. And this is the first mention. Uh, before, they, yeah, obviously yeah. Peter didn't get it, did he? Right. So, okay. Then in verse twenty-seven, this is interesting because there's a Gentile that comes, uh, a non-Jew that comes to Jesus to be healed, and he says something in verse twenty-seven, JD, that I think a lot of readers are going to think is harsh. Oh, absolutely. Right. He says, "Should I feed the first? I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews, right?" It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Because really, he wasn't preaching to the Gentiles. Right. He really was just staying in the Jewish community at that time, right? Yeah, that, well, I mean, really, his whole ministry was really to the Jews. The ministry of the Gentiles wasn't going to happen until a little bit later. Okay. Again, in Acts like 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. So Jesus actually went to the Jews. So some people might think, well, that's, that's mean and racist and, and whatever else. But as we read on, right, verse 28... I love her response, right? She says, uh, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plate. Mm. So my question is, are we allowed to negotiate with God? Can God change his mind, right? Yeah. And I, this is a the, theologian's debate this. You know, we would say, well, no, God doesn't change his mind. But, you know, back in Genesis, God repented that he ever made man, right? So... So for some people, they, they say, well, no, that doesn't seem like the God that I know that he changed his mind. But I think this is a kind of an example of that, that tension with prayer, that, that Jesus is, I think this is a good example. This Phoenician, this Syrian woman um, is an example of prayer that we're going to come to God and we're going to say, God, I, I, I need your touch. I want you. And we're, we're, uh, we're, we're begging him, we're pleading him. And God, sometimes he does respond to our requests. It's it's hard to understand, but sometimes he does respond to our requests and that's what's happening here, I think. I don't know if it's I don't know if she's, you know, trying to make a deal, even though Jesus' answer in verse 29 is interesting. He said, good answer. Right you that was the right answer. Now you're healed. So then in verse 33, this is the first wet willy. <laughs> that's well maybe not yeah, yeah. Probably the first wet willy, at least the first meaningful one. <laughs> And, and, you know, we talked about, did Jesus have to spit on his fingers to heal? Probably didn't have to, so why did he do it? Why did he do it? And my question, and I don't know if you have an answer, is why he let him away from the crowd. You know, all the crowd saw what he did. It wasn't like they went home, I don't think. Right. They still recognized it. But uh, he leads him away, and again, he tells him, don't don't go talk about this. Yeah, again, we're in chapter 7, and he's still telling people, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. So he's still trying to make sure that his fame doesn't spread too quickly for, for one reason or, or another. So anyway, that's Mark 7. It's a good read.